0: back to 64 a chess podcast I'm your host David is as always coming at you live from the great state of Illinois rejoining me on the podcast I think it's been about a year um but let's uh welcome back to the show uh two-time Swiss champion uh please welcome uh Grandmaster Noel Studer welcome hey back guys
1: thanks for having me David
0: uh and uh before we begin you had some, uh, a big life announcement recently. Uh, you got
1: engaged. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I, I actually made a post on Twitter that uh, if you want to change something in 2023, you should do it right away. So I thought proposing on 1st of January is quite, uh, quite cute. So yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're, you're sticking true to your words. Um,
0: yeah, that's, I, I'm very glad to hear it. You guys look very happy together and, uh, Wish you guys all the best. I don't know if you uh, you have a date for the wedding or anything yet, but uh, that's very cool.
1: No, we 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 haven't planned anything yet. Actually, we we even postponed the thinking about the wedding for now. So <laughs> I think we'll think about it in summer and then uh, probably next year or the year after, whatever. But uh, won't be something too huge. But uh, yeah, let's see yeah. let's see what we what we come up with. Yeah, that's, that'll
0: be very nice. And also, I mean, when we last spoke, you had. Uh, basically just retired from professional chess and you said you're going to be sticking with uh your blog and other uh you know content creation mostly focused on you know coaching and stuff like that and uh, well i mean not coaching in that sense i don't know if you do coaching like that but i you know you you it's basically like content for adult improvers like uh, courses and I, I actually i read your next level your next level blog post every friday i get it right into my inbox i read it it's uh i will uh, put a uh, a link below if you guys want to sign up for that because it is uh it is like really good information so some of the posts i've like include like how to stop tilting and stuff like that it's very topical stuff for uh you know for people who are trying to improve their game such as myself um and yeah i guess we should just start with this you recently uh you published a course why do you tell the listeners and, and me, of course, like what, like about this this uh, this course you've developed?
1: Well, yeah, I, um, I just realized that many people, when they write me emails or they respond to the newsletters or to blog posts, they have many questions about chess improvement, and I thought it would be very useful for them to have like a more guided way to what actually makes sense. Where should you spend your time on, and how you, can you study chess uh, more effectively? So I came up with the, the idea of the course already quite a long time ago. Um, but yeah, finally finished everything and I was able to release on 23rd of December. And as of now, we are closing in, I think, on 200 students. So that's very cool to see and a lot of positive feedback. So I'm very happy to, to help out uh, people, helping them, yeah, getting more, you know, uh, more chess workouts in, but not only more, but uh, especially more quality time and not spending time on things that don't matter that much and uh, spending time, you know, seriously studying chess and getting better at it. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, very cool to see that there are the first, you know, students coming, uh, with, with some results or with their training plan. And, uh, nice to hear those stories.
0: How, this is my, my first question, how, let's say, for example, you know you're a uh, you're a so-called adult improver, although in my case not really. I mean, I'm not saying this is me, but for me, you know, not much of a. I've only really seen a deflation in my ability as uh, the year has gone. Um, but yeah, you know, let's say you're doing a a PhD in astronomy. I'm not naming any names. Let's say you know you're you're in school right now, and you don't have a lot of time. How do you know what you should be working on without a coach? Or I guess how I should really phrase this is. How do you know that you're not wasting time? Because this is something that, again, not saying it's me, but if it was me, this is something that, uh, you know, unnamed uh, podcast host uh, struggles with a lot. Has no idea, like, whether, you know, all this time I put into opening work or endgame studies or looking at games. I don't know if it's working for me because I haven't seen the results.
1: So one idea I uh, came up with for the course, actually, was the one third rule, which would be a very easy guidance. Um, so that means that you should spend one third of your time on tactics, one third of your time on playing and analyzing, and then the last third on opening end game or um, chess strategy. So that's like a general idea. So you can you can track your um, training that way and you see, okay, for most people or for some, at least it will be like 80-90% openings. And, and then you realize, okay, probably I should do more of tactics and um, also, one thing just to say that the thirty-three percent playing plus analyzing playing only counts if you also analyze those games. So any game you didn't analyze that doesn't count as that training. So um, I'm quite strict on that. I um, I appreciate people, you know, wanting to read books about, um, let's say, strong players and and their games or watch, you know, the, the way I can see that is going on right now. But I prefer to see that as just completely free time without expectations of getting better. And then that you when you say you're doing chess training, the, the whole idea of the training is getting better, maximizing those results. So that would be one thing. Another thing I think that is very important is that you realize that you put your own brain to work when you study chess. So consuming usually doesn't count as training. So just sitting back and seeing some video of somebody teaching you well it's nice but next day if you have to put it you know in your own game you you will fail so it's mostly solving really putting up a position solving writing down the solution before you check the solution and then and then doing this kind of i would say harder work is when you realize okay that that should bring some improvement
0: well this hurts me a little bit because Basically, how I spent the last year is reading books on strong chess players and watching a lot of YouTube. So <laughs> I've done something wrong here. It's like <laughs> fist in the face, yeah? yeah? Yeah, like a little bit, like a little bit. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you, you got to hear from your, you're, I would call you a friend of the podcast now. You're, you're on twice, you're a friend of the podcast, I would say. Uh, yeah, 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 that
1: sounds, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you need to hear that from, you need to hear that from your friends sometimes, you know, you need a little slap in the face.
1: Yeah, actually, like one thing is that whatever you do with chess, right, there will probably be like this very little improvement whenever you get uh, to do something with chess. But the problem is, you don't want to just get this minuscule mm, improvement, but you want to get some real improvement, right? You just see that at some point that, okay, now I really got better, or not just that your um, knowledge of the game gets better. Like you can say, okay, this pawn structure is bad, but that you can show it during a game that you know why this pawn structure is bad. So for that, you need to do the little bit harder, tougher work, and, and then you will see the results. It's, uh, and it, you can see it from the positive side. Everybody wants to do the same that you did, just reading and, and watching some videos. So if you're actually ready to put in the time and the energy to do other stuff, you are just like, like you're on the highway and they are walking. You just overtake them quite easily because you are ready to do the, the hard, right work. Now, here, here's a bit of
0: a philosophical question that I just thought of. Let's say, you know, we're in like the universe is a vacuum kind of thing, and like everybody is able to just put in all the time and energy into just their chess improvement. Do you think that like anybody could be, let's say, a grandmaster if they put in the
1: the work? That's a tough question. I think Grandmaster is quite tough. Um, Let's say, if you would say, could everybody be a basketball NBA player? I would say, hell no. I, I don't think I would have the ability to. So I think it would be a lie if you would say like, oh yeah, if you use my method, everybody, if you put in enough time, you can be a Grandmaster. But there is certainly some level, it's hard to say just a number, but there is some level that, probably everybody should be able to reach and what i'm sure about is that everybody that i had contact with up to now is able to reach let's say at least 100 point, points more than where they're at at the moment so th- this is something i would stand behind like i haven't met the person um well i haven't interacted with with magnus let's let's take him out yeah <laughs> let's take the top 10 players out but any any adult improver Let's put it that way. That I have had interactions with, they can raise their rating for a hundred points. I would sign that for sure. Well, I, I know I got to get this course. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't
0: improved in uh, well, rating wise. I haven't improved, but it's also now I'm going on a bit of a rant. But uh, chess improvement is funny. Like you can, you can improve a lot without seeing that necessarily translate to your elo. I think that's especially true. Like. The further up you go just because there's so much more you have to work on like i feel like i'm a better player than i was last last year let's say like i do do tactics work and stuff like that like with my coaches and stuff but um but you know you don't see it on your 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 day-to-day rating at all uh so you know it's very easy to get discouraged um so stick at it you adult improvers i
1: i believe in you i don't believe in myself but i believe in you I believe in you, David. You you will get there. You know, as you said rightly, like you can get better actually at your skills, even, and, and it doesn't show in the games. Um, sometimes these are mental things. Sometimes it's also just that you get a little bit unlucky, right? Especially when we talk, for example, about openings. Why I think you shouldn't spend so much time on them is that you need to get a little bit lucky that you get the right positions, right? So let's say you work with, like you play one e4, and you just work on the Sicilian for like a year. And now everybody just decides to play E5 or whatever opening, but not the Sicilian. Well, you've worked a a full year, but there is no chance that you show in any game what you worked on. So tactics, for example, like easy tactics, they will be in every single game. That's why they are so important. That's why by doing them really day after day, you can get better because you're sure, okay, next game I'll play, there will be some tactics. You cannot say, okay, there will be Anastasia's mate and I need to, you know, just next game, I will mate my opponent with Anastasia's mate. It's not working like that. But if you do a series of tactics, then there will be something in that game. So that's why I I like tactics.
0: Even, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, renowned trainer, uh, Jakob Ogard, He, I think he tweeted today or yesterday that, you know, he has this like killer chess training thing for like, you know, these very serious, ambitious players he says that even there they make them work on super simple tactics because uh you know you you have to be able to do them like you, you need to be able to convert those like all the time like anytime there's a fork that's just winning you you like you can you can just you can't miss those like that you have to just get those like like best
1: absolutely yeah and and it's fun because um I mean, first of all, listen to what uh, Jacob says. Usually he is just an amazing coach. I I worked with him just in one training camp but read basically all his books. So he is a very, very smart and uh, renowned coach. Um, And in the woodpecker method, they did like a random analysis of a certain amount of games. And they came up with a percentage of how many games are decided by tactics. And even on GM level, it was like 42%, I believe. So there's 42%. And I think 1800 level, it was already 72. So now if you break it down to, let's say, 1000 level, then it's 99.999%. right? So you see these percentages, even on Grandmaster level, nearly half of the games are decided by tactics. Well, what should you work on? Probably not openings. (laughs) It's tactics, guys.
0: (laughs) So yeah. I mean, even a lot of things of what we call like, quote-unquote, positional plays is like really setting up threats that are ultimately tactical, you know? It's so, you know... Obviously, I'm not talking about like, you know, improving pawn structure and stuff like that, but like figuring out where to put your pieces, like, what are you, what are you trying to do? With, like, what's the point of putting a piece on a good square is to, you know... <laughs> to kill somebody, like, you know, that's that's yeah. that's the goal. So, um, yeah. I mean, I actually... I have to say, uh, with tactics, I don't really do much tactics at all and I think that's a that's a big problem like I will see people who are rated you know 1200 1300 with the same like puzzle scores me same puzzle rush scores me and so that's like a big red alarm that hey maybe you should do like you know 30 minutes of
1: tactics a day and it, for me it's just uh, not happening yeah actually also doing it the right way I think also when I did an interview for my blog with uh, Ramesh another super coach um, he also said that because he has so much data from all the students he worked with that um, some people don't improve because they, they they do the same exercises as the other people, but for example, they just do um, try and error. So they have a position and they just see, ah, yeah, Queen F6 looks like the move and they just you know execute it and the, the puzzle shows no, that's not the right move. And then next move, ah, okay, I know ah Queen H6, obviously it wasn't F6, it was H. and, and like this, they at some point they get the right solution. Technically, they did an exercise, but they didn't learn anything because they could have just watched a video of somebody solving the exercise because they didn't really use fully their head. So, what you should do is, whenever you see a puzzle, just think the whole line through and then write down. That's very important. Write down what you thought is your solution and only then execute the move. Or when you solve in a book, uh, do the same, write down the solution and then go to the next puzzle and then solve like six to 10 puzzles in a row. And then you can check the solutions. And like this, you don't trick yourself into being like, yeah, I solved it, but I didn't really solve it, right? And you would just, for example, also a puzzle rush, sometimes you just give the first check. You're not really like using your brain like you would in a in a game. So I think that's very important. That's where I talk about the intensity of chess workout, that you do it the right way because only this way you really improve something and and that's ultimately how you get better
0: yeah i remember when i started playing um when i started playing chess i didn't even know that they made like you know tactics books which is how everybody used to train before you know chess.com and uh you know not having the satisfaction of oh well okay obviously i play queen h6 and then you have some mate there is forced um so you just play the first move and you don't think the whole way and then you know You open one of these books. Let's say I remember I have at home, uh, the calculation book by uh by Augard, right? I have that I have that book by him, and that's that is not meant for for you know, club player David. Like I you know I'm sorry to say it out there, guys. Like, no no disrespect to him, but you know that there's a there's a certain level. It's called grandmaster preparation for a reason. I learned this the hard way, but you know, I I did the whole first chapter and you know I, I wrote down all my lines and stuff, but it's like you don't just get the winning solution for some of these positions you get, like, you have like the main line and you have like three other lines. It's like, Oh, obviously you saw all of this. Right. And I was like, wait, what that I didn't see any, you know, I didn't see any of this. I just, you know, my line is like three moves long and I think, okay, this is pretty good. And then it's like, Oh, you had to calculate this like seven moves in like three different lines and see all this stuff. So, yeah, but I guess uh, that is true though. Like that's one thing I tell. That's one thing I do tell people. That's I don't practice. But that's one thing I do tell people. Like when you're doing like puzzle rush, my brother he started playing chess like earlier this year, and I you know when he does his tactic rating is almost as high as mine, and he's like a, a thousand. He's he's like tactically he's some genius. I don't know. Like he he finds this insane combinations. I think he is like. On chess.com, I think like two or three percent of his moves are brilliant moves. I mean, this guy's like he's like cracked. He plays positionally like a monkey, but um, but I tell him like st- don't like go on puzzle rush and just pick random moves. Like actually sit down and think about the whole line, all the options. That's like good stuff. I don't do it, but if I would do it, that's what I would do.
1: Yeah, that's it's easier to say than to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's one of the biggest problems. Like uh, that's also something I say in my course is like knowing is not doing. Just because I told you how to do it and you now know doesn't mean that you got better you need to use it right it's, right. it's like uh, it's nice to you know grab all this information from everywhere you know being this um super machine when it comes about knowing how you should improve but then doing the complete opposite won't bring you anything so it's it's really about doing doing the work in the end and yeah i mean i i think you you can you know just pick out 15 to 30 minutes uh in the beginning and then and then start small and and if you want to get better you will get better at some point right it's uh it's not that you reached your maximum potential or whatever yeah it's just uh yeah you have to be honest it's easier it's easier to sit down sit in front of your computer and watch some funny youtube video instead of solving some puzzles but ultimately it's Uh, If you want to improve, then do the things. That's basically what I say with my course, right? If, If you want to improve and you're ready to put in the work, I'll tell you what you have to do and you'll get better. But you can buy my course and not do the work. Obviously, you don't get better, right? So we need like a cooperation of me and the student, me telling what is good and them really doing it. So that's ultimately what makes you better. But you get paid regardless. so. You know it doesn't hurt you <laughs> nah, but i, no, I you know I, really know I i care too much about uh people you know people's happiness i want i want happy students and and yeah, of course actually success stories also seeing it from a purely personal a business view success stories are the most important thing obviously right so if somebody gets much better thanks to my course that will help uh drive more people because they see that that things work and it's not just uh, some some stupid method
0: that doesn't bring results at all. well i know i promise you on this podcast you can hold me accountable uh to this listeners too i will do 20 minutes of tactics a day from now on wow yeah let's go let's go david (laughs) yeah this is a i i i made a it wasn't really a podcast episode i I made a youtube video that i'm trying to get the uh, national master title that's Mm. like my now i'm not delusional i'm not saying i will get it in like a a year or something you know on Quite a ways away from that. But that's like that I've announced that's the that's the goal. I don't think I could go further than that. I think that's kind of as far as I could like realistically go, like before, you know, life and work get in the way. But I, I do think it's somewhat attainable. Like so, so that's that's the that's the big uh that's what I'm chasing right now.
1: That's good. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's some kind of motivation, but as you say, it's like a long-term process, right? It's a marathon, it's not a sprint, it's not Uh, you know sometimes people also get overly motivated where they let's say they start in the new year and they're like okay now five hours a day come on i'll just get that Uh, and then after two weeks they run out of energy and they think i still didn't get better and then just stop immediately so start small 20 minutes a day i i sign that you can even take one rest day that's what i also say like take a day off actually consciously take a day where you don't have to do any chess And, and your motivation will be better so You get one rest day, six days of 20-minute tactics, and then you'll see some improvements. And you would think like, okay, I have to study openings and end games and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I also realize now as a coach, you you said, if I also coach, I have some private students, but I also worked, for example, with some grandmasters when we went to European Club Cup. It's like the Champions League of chess where the league winners are meeting each other. And Magnus was also playing for a Norwegian team. And I was working with grandmasters that were stronger than me. And one thing I I realized is that we, we are just so bad at making simple plans work. Like it's usually not this, you know, crazy, insane plan that you would have never thought of that makes people strong. But in other sports, if you see like just basketball, let's go back to basketball, right? These guys are just shooting so many of the same throws each day like they just practice it over and over again in tennis they serve like i play some tennis recreationally and like the good guys they just they, every time they go on the court they just serve 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 like okay that's not the most you know amazing thing you can i could also think of that so even uh, for tennis players they serve over and over again they are you know these great players but they just go to the court they to practice the same serves in order to show them during the game. So it's not some genius method. And in chess, it's the same. It's not a genius method. It's, you know, get a good tactics book. Um, Look that it's in your level, right? You should be have the right rating range as you realize, David. (laughs) Jacob (laughs) Algar's work is not yet (laughs) yours. Okay. We need to start a little bit lower. Actually, for example, the step method books are amazing. Um, so you can get some of those, you solve those puzzles and you get better. Um, it's just about also having the patience to see that it's not after five days that you will see, okay, 500 points higher in my chess.com rating, but it's like slowly getting the skills and then slowly the results come as well. Uh, but then if you stick to that plan and you're able to do that over a long period of time, you will improve. Yeah, I think it's also, Uh, A good point you had
0: was about like, you know, people who come in, let's say, yeah, I'm going to play five hours of chess a day or whatever. I would train for six hours a day, nonstop. Like that's a little bit optimistic. And uh, I'm more of a pragmatic guy. So when I'm coming up for plans, like whether it's for like, you know, work or, you know, my personal life, whatever. Also, I I I played music many years. One, you know you have the the you cannot be optimistic like that it, it it doesn't help even even if the the even if it comes from a good place like it it's very easy to get i don't want to maybe delusional is the wrong word but it could also be the right word like it's very easy to like trick yourself into thinking that like oh everything's going to go right cuz that's also not how life works like you have to you know life gets in the way i've i've learned this the hard way i mean like uh <laughs> I, I, it's harder and harder for me to find time to play chess, but I'm like also like terribly addicted, and so it's like, how do I make my time work for me? That that matters. Like you don't okay, I don't have time anymore to play, uh, like four hours on a weekend of just like rapid games, you know, and like analyze a bunch of them. I I don't have the time anymore. So, I think like optimism is good in theory, but you need to like know like you have to stick to your plans basically if you're and it's very hard to do that after you know these crazy ambitious i'm gonna get gm title in three years like
1: yeah i think first of all i mean that is fully true i always say start small and i always say start smaller than you think even if you think start small so it's like i uh, tell somebody how much time would you love to spend they say three hours a day say okay start small then they say two hours a day then i say okay probably one hour is, is the right amount to start with because you want to prove it to yourself right most people that that buy this course or come to me they are not happy about their chest improvement right if everything would go well why would you need me so something is going wrong and that means you need to change things but you cannot go from you know not good to perfect in one day you want to build up the muscle of okay i can show up I can, you know, I can do the work. I trust myself. And and when I set a plan, I can do it. So that's the most important thing. And so you should start small and make a plan and maybe increase every week or every two weeks You can increase like 10%, 15% of what you want to do. And also plans are there for the worst days. As you said, like life gets in the way and you need to be able to, to do the things even on bad days. So a question you could also ask yourself is like, in a horrible week where many things go wrong, how much time would you still have to train your chess? Right? And then if you come up with 15 minutes a day, okay, put that 15 minutes in and then try it for one, two weeks. And then you did that and now you can slowly increase because you know, okay, I trust myself, I show up. And then also to your point of like three year grandmaster master title, I think in general, like in general, I'm not a huge fan of rating based goals. I can understand the appreciation of national master, FIDE master of all these things. But in the end, you should, you know, I think the best way is to aim for improvement, but being fine when you don't hit a certain goal because you still enjoyed your time and you were there with the full focus. And then even putting a time restraint to your improvement, that's horrible, right? Like three years or two years, I need to be GM. You will just stress stress yourself out too much so like you can have this kind of vision of i would love to be a certain rated player but it's more about trying to get better and to work towards improvement because that's what we do in other areas of life as well
0: i think also one of the really tricky things about chess is you know There's the science aspect of like, you know, or like kind of like sports science where, you you know, you work on yourself and you work on like your training, your brain muscle and all that. But then the sports side gets in the way too. And that's where I think those goals can fall apart. When you're actually at the board, you have a four-hour game for a whole week trying to make that norm or, you know, trying to get that rating goal. And um, I think I'm pretty good when I play over the board at keeping my, you know, staying level and stuff not going completely insane but that's like a completely different side of chess improvement like the whole psychological aspect which you know a lot of people can have the talent but that's like also something you need to actually work on at some point like keeping yourself controlled and and stable and not like losing your mind if you lose a game or like not losing your mind over the board like with some completely boring position like just throw the game for no reason
1: yeah, and I'd, I'd say like 80 or 90% of psychological problems that come up also in my career is because we value results too much, right? If you imagine that, let's say you you expect yourself to to give the best effort in every single game, but you're not upset about bad results, then why should you lose your mind? Even if you're in time trouble, like where is the stress coming from? Well, from the fear of losing on time. So from the fear of losing the game or from the fear of making a blunder, right? So all the stress basically comes from this result-based thinking. And I don't say that I perf—I was perfect in my career, but because I had this pain myself, I'm like, I can see some things. And I worked for five years. Actually, I just talked to my sports psychologist like two hours before this conversation. And um, you can improve many things by having the right mindset. And. I think additionally, like for everyone doing this as a pastime, opposing to me, I I was a professional, right? I had to put my food on the table because of my results, my sponsors, and so on. If you're just doing that for fun, like results shouldn't matter that much to you. I I see people, they don't want to play online games because they fear they lose their highest ever online rating. Like if you say something like this, something is not good. Even if you make a joke about that, Probably something is wrong already with your mindset. Like you're valuing the short-term results way too much. It should be enjoyment in playing the game and in getting better over time. But who the care? Who in the f-word cares? Uh, which rating you had on 24th January 2023? Nobody cares. Like not even yourself you should care so i think that's a a little bit of a rant about uh, (laughs) result-based thinking no that that's very well said
0: though i mean i actually i think that's one way where i really improved i mean i i used to be terrified of like losing i remember the first time it was like october 2021 i hit 2000 it was my first goal that i ever set myself when i was playing chess was like and it was one of those goals it was like Okay, I'm playing chess now. I just started with a coach. I want to be two thousand on chess.com in five years. That's what I said. I ended up doing it like three and I was very happy about it. From like total beginner, I got what well, got there. And then I was terrified to play on chess.com because I was like, well, I'm two thousand now. I I can't play more. If I play more, I, I might lose it, and then I'm not gonna be two thousand anymore, you know? And sure enough, I eventually have to keep playing because I'm addicted to the game, whatever I, you know, I want, you know, and I lose it. And then I don't I think I like I, I barely you know, I, I'm desperately trying to play more games to get it back and it just gets worse and worse. I fall all the way down to like eighteen hundred or something. And then I don't play for like a while, like like two weeks, just cause it was like devastating me. And that's like on the psychological side, I don't care anymore. I mean I play I play for my enjoyment and I I, I play to win. So yeah, we're gonna have those bad streaks. We're gonna have those good streaks. But who, I'm not a professional. Like it doesn't matter if I'm 2,000 today and 1900s world. This doesn't affect my life in any any way. It sucks, but it's like you know, it's not like it's not like I can't put food on the table because of this. It's not like anybody. Okay, maybe I get a. The extent of it is you know, some, somebody might troll me on Twitter and say, "Ha ha, you're 1,900." That's it. Like, th- does it affect my life in any meaningful way? No. So why am I actually worried about it? But it's like the fear of losing, and it's a fear. You know, it's it's the whole status and all that that comes with the
1: reading. So. Absolutely. And also in chess, you know, you have many, even sometimes in job applications, I hear of people that they are, uh, you know, rated 17, 1800 and they get a job because of that, right? Because somebody hears, oh, he is actually quite good in chess. I need to hire that person. So there's a lot that goes into that in society sometimes that that um, people connect their value to, to their chess uh, rating. And you need to get away from that, right? It's just that that won't help you. Um, well, if you get a job with it, okay, do it. But uh, but I'm just learning actually, this now. I'm like, why? Actually, a put- serious story is actually a guy put it in the CV, and the, the 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 person interviewing was so you know amazed, and and I asked him, well, how strong are you? It's like 1800 on chess.com. I was okay. I mean, for me, not so impressive, let's put it that way. But but uh, he said like his future boss was like, oh my God, this guy's a genius. We need to hire him. So, uh, and also if you see from chess.com, I don't know, you're in the best 5%, right? Or in the best 3%, maybe even. So it it says so- something about you still, but um, yeah, it's, it's dangerous because ultimately it won't, will just... Uh, be painful for you if you get connected to that number too much.
0: This is the first time I'm learning about you could get a job. Uh, I'm out here, I have a, I should put my Fide rating on uh on my CV or something on my resume. I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean if you want to get a job, I would encourage you putting it like <laughs> hobbies. If you put it as hobby, like I'm chess I'm an active chess improver, I think that helps. Like people are like, oh okay that, that guy is smart. Um but, but yeah, that's just a side note. Uh, it's, uh, it's still not good to care about it too much. And that's why, for example, I, I recommend not putting your rating in your Twitter you know, uh, title or bio or however this thing is called. Um, because it's, it's a certain connection, right? <clears throat> well, I put grandmaster in there because it says something about the value of my advice. Let's put it that way. But if you're just an improver, you you should you know like connect your personality to wanting to improve and to how much effort you put in into improving, like the, the habits you create, but not the rating points you have at the moment. That doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. I mean, all it's also it's funny, like chess.com when I'm on a you know on a good day where I'm about like I'm playing at my best. I'm like top 10,000 in the world on chess.com. That feels pretty good. And then yet yeah, you still feel like an idiot when you're playing chess. You still feel like I I don't understand this game. Which is but uh, I'll, I'll tell you a secret.
1: You'll still feel like an idiot when you're a grandmaster so. <laughs> so. I don't think it gets
0: any better, you know.
1: <laughs> the, the thing is the more you know about the game, the more you also know that you don't know.
0: That's like, what that. I've felt a lot, yeah. That's that's so, how I know that I'm improving too. Like like I I feel like more opens up to me about how little i actually know the
1: better i get exactly this is the i think it's called dunning kruger effect right mm-hmm. where you where people meet me sometimes uh, i don't know i go to some tv station or whatever and i i had an interview and people meet me after that and they say hey i can beat you at chess and i'm like fuck like how do you think you can beat the best player in switzerland and you're in switzerland like how is and they're like yeah but anyway you can't train right?" So they they are so bad that they don't understand that there's anything put into. It. The more time you put in, the more you work with like uh, Jacob Agar stuff, and he puts you some puzzles uh, up that are basically impossible to solve. Right? You're like, okay, I'm I'm probably just you know I, I'm pretty decent when you compare amongst humans, but when you compare with with computers that get just stronger every day. You're like, uh, yeah, I'm probably pretty bad at this and I will remain pretty bad at this until the end of my life. But that's fine. You know, you need to accept it. It's, nobody's going to save you from that. And hey, you could still be the best player in Switzerland at the very least. <laughs> yeah, but, but actually like really to this rating connected thing, I wanted to be a grandmaster for a lot of time in my life. I became a grandmaster, I felt exactly the same. Like uh, there's there's nothing, uh, maybe that sounds a bit depressing, but there's nothing that is much better when you're a grandmaster than when you aren't. Life is the same. You have the same, you no know, taxes are the same. You, you pay the same taxes. There are the same annoying people in your life. Uh, you have the same problems. Uh, you're the same lazy uh, guy that you were before. So everything is the same. So guys don't believe that just because you hit a certain rating, you will be happier. You right. need to work on other things to be happier. <laughs> so, yeah. Now
0: on the topic of, uh, of happiness, actually, I want to ask you um, regarding your health. How has that been like over the past year? Has it, has it improved?
1: Health is much better. That's why I was able to actually release the course. Finally, it's not yet fully resolved but uh i think i'm getting there actually last year i had to, like one goal which was my health um which is not fully resolved as i said but i i hope this year we can you know finally after what is it 7 no 6 years 6 years uh, i hope we can finally you know Finish this chapter of uh, having to care about my concentration will i be able to focus when i talk to david won't i be able actually like 10 minutes before our conversation my focus was just shit. it was just absolute catastrophe and i have some quick fixes and up to now i'm feeling pretty decent so let's oh, see that's good I that's very good hold hold through until the end <laughs> i'm glad to hear it
0: yeah i and you know another thing i wanted to ask you about aside from your courses like you mentioned you were at the European Club Cup. I actually did want to ask you about that. I saw you were there. I saw you tweet about it, but like what else have you been doing um outside of your uh you know, outside of your blog, which it seems like is very successful on this course. Like are are you doing any I know you said you retired for the game, but do you do any sort of like chess work outside of like just uh you know, the the improving stuff?
1: I don't do anything on on chess improvement for myself for the moment. I have this plan to at some point um, trying to get better at online blitz because I was very bad at it, but it was connected to my health, right? So if you can't focus fully, blitz is not the right <laughs> time tro- time control to play. So I, I always had this this problem, and uh, when I fix my health completely, I will at some point try to get better at blitz and and make you know content out of that, like showing that even the retired you know guy can can get better at blitz, and then trying to to find ways that other people from lower ratings can use to get better at Blitz. I think that that would be a fun way to improve my own chess and make some sort of content out of it. Um, If not, there were some private students, but a lot of rest. Like in 2022, I had probably, I don't know, like four months. I couldn't do any work at all except for the Friday newsletter. That was the only thing I did for four months. Um, And then probably five months i did very moderate work let's say 20 to 30 percent and then the the rest three months where i did 50 to 60 percent. so it wasn't that much um especially towards the end of the year i started to do more things and uh, a lot of it went into the course and some private student, and this uh this uh, coaching um, gig i had at the european club
0: right, so yeah so you're, you're 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 coaching
1: a swiss team i assume no, it's the Bayern team. Uh, it's a uh, Bayern Munich.
0: All oh, right. Yeah, you play for yeah. Bayern. Yeah, I. actually. I. You know, this is funny. Um, we did the episode, and I don't think I asked you about it. And then I remember I was actually in Germany, and I was for some reason I was on the website of some German team, and then I saw chess, and I was like, "What the hell?" And then I, I search up, and then, so I look. I look at you know the best German. I won't say, you know, I got my soccer scars over here, but I'll say football. I look at the, uh, you know, Bayern Munich, of course, is like the greatest, uh, you know, German football team. And who do I see there? But my friend of the uh, friend from the podcast, Noel, in the Bayern uniform. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, so that actually makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, that's fun. I, I have played there for a while. I have been a huge fan of the football team, actually, for a long time, and didn't know myself that they had a chess team until i researched some teams to play in in germany and i found like oh well if i can play for them i'll, I'll for sure play for them so yeah that's how it started and now i i do occasionally some so co- some coaching for them which is fun because it's completely different than what i do for the blog right so the course i released is um aimed at beginner to 2000 fee day also some stronger players have bought the course and uh, have been happy with it but that's where all the recommendations are for books for uh, and so on um if you are a little bit higher and you're not sure just write me an email i can i can tell you if it is for you or not but um and then you do this one day and then the next day you go with these 2650 grandmasters <laughs> that are stronger than you to the club cup and you might have to prepare against carlson so it's like two completely different words, but it's it's fun you know it's interesting and uh, both things have their merits and and their drawbacks for sure i mean it sounds like a
0: lot of fun the club cup also looked like a looked like a lot of fun looked like a pretty sick tournament
1: yeah i was like for four days sick with 39.5 degrees of fever or something so that that wasn't really fun so guys had to be you know i was on my bed and they were sitting at my table just that we had distance and i tried to give them some lines or um, oof. but yeah, for, for the, when I was feeling good or when the medicaments helped, uh, it was a very fun experience, but I didn't get too much sleep and I was sick, so that was for my health. It wasn't uh, the funniest experience. Ever.
0: Yeah. Damn. oof. Now, um, what's next for you, you, you just released this course, like, like what's, you know, you, you've a couple of things, but is there anything like next on the, I, I wanted to ask you if you were thinking about maybe starting a YouTube channel. Because of course, you know your now fiance is is a pretty pretty successful streamer, if I do say so myself. Uh...
1: Yeah, it's it's fun. You know, we have we are like a content creation couple in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we talk about these these things, and I want to focus first um, on on uh, improving the blog. Still, that's like my main. My main point, like writing good articles, getting back into a weekly rhythm and, and writing these weekly newsletters uh, each Friday. These are the two main things. And then slowly create some more courses. There is still so much to be said about chess improvement that I think other courses don't cover that well. And um, and then maybe at some point, you know, some YouTube stuff. Some I, I don't think streaming is for me. I... I... I just know how energized my fiancé is when she streams, and I just <laughs> can't can't match that energy level for five minutes. So I think that's that's just for her, and that's totally fine. Um, oh. But YouTube might be something, but but mainly mainly writing. That's where I feel very. Very confident, and then actually, this course was a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And as long as people like it and the results are there, I will continue creating something unique that I think I can give my own viewpoint, and it's not already covered like fifteen times in in other books or courses.
0: Have you uh, have you ever thought of writing a book? Or yeah, like a at some point. course or
1: something. Well, I mean, I will keep my courses probably how I have or self-hosted. I just like the flexibility of. I have, let's say, sometimes a special way of of thinking about chess improvement or a bit a new um, new look at it. And sometimes it, 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 you know, in my course I recommend actually not buying chessable opening courses, basically so i don't think they will produce that untouchable when i say please don't buy these courses so so i i like to stay as how can i say as independent as possible so i can always give my viewpoint and if it changes i will change right so um i can just point out the most the best courses on chessable the best courses on chess, chess mood i don't have to say study all the courses so i like the independence i have uh, when self publishing courses but i think at some point having a book maybe even published by some publisher could be fun because it's just reaching so many more people right, right. like 200 students is nice and and uh, it, that will grow for sure but if you sell a book it's just spreading the word so much more which is cool because in the end i believe that if you use what i what i have to say it will make your chess improvement better but hopefully also your life a little bit better and then you know that's nice to spread it to more people and and getting it across with books that could be could be an idea
0: yeah i actually have two things to add there um well, first of all, I'm actually sponsored by Chessable, so you should buy those courses. But uh, I know you Chessable, <laughs> but but you know, actually, you know, I I will see on Twitter that is some people will you know there'll be like twelve hundred and they're buying some you know lifetime repertoires. Like, don't do that. There's there are many great you know get the checkmate patterns course on Chessable. Like, you do not need to be doing some like there are twenty three hundreds who don't buy those courses. Like, I mean, I have a couple of them, and you know, I do get some of the lines, but they're really effing hard like <laughs> they, they're they not easy to get through i don't know i see people who are like you know average club players somehow they've gone through those courses like three or four times have like a million points per course i don't like i don't know how they did it i could never uh that's very impressive but like i think for for most people like you know there's there are really good courses on positional play and stuff like that on chessboard that you that you can use like don't don't you know obviously it was famous for the opening courses that's what it was known for but it's like it's like a gym, you know, you don't just go immediately hit the, you know, 300 pound deadlift. Like you, you, you gotta, you gotta find where, what do you actually need to work on? You have to find what do you actually need to work on.
1: I, 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 like that. And I, and I will say that I have some uh, recommended courses also in the, in the course and exactly what you said, like buy something that is really for you. And, and mostly it will be books about chess improvement in general. And just as an idea, if somebody rated 500 points or higher would still buy the course that you're thinking about buying don't buy it it won't help you right it's just there won't be a course that is useful for a beginner when we talk about strictly about chess right for a beginner and for a grandmaster you might consider a mindset course for example because these are general ideas once again but there is no opening course that a grandmaster can use where a beginner also gets something out of it. Like, it's just it's just too hard to do. So so don't do that.
0: And even stuff like mindset. I mean, what, what you said about... I, I I think, you know, somebody might roll their eyes when you say, like, oh, you know, chess improvement tools also make your life better. But actually, if you think about it, the, the methods you use to get better at chess, you can apply the similar mindset, the similar way of developing a plan for anything else. I, I did this with... Uh, I am I, self taught guitar. I play I played piano many years. I had a teacher and all that. I I started playing guitar a couple of years later. But I basically aside I, I did work with a teacher every now and then, but I basically am fully self taught. And last year being in Europe, you know, I got used to building improvement plans in chess. And I had never done that with guitar. So I started building myself an improvement plan in guitar. Like actually sit down and, you know, I translated one for one. Like scales, you know, tactics became scales and like playing games became learning songs. And I got, like, way better than I could have ever dreamed a guitar in, like, a year. And that's just coming from the same the same framework, really, about, how oh, well, how should I be improving it? Because I never, when I was a kid, I never had the discipline to learn my scales or, like, learn full songs. I just wanted to play the cool stuff, you know, and I never wanted to do... So, so now I'm just like, well, now I have the discipline. I'm a grown adult now. So let me actually, like, sit down and learn the instrument properly. And, like, sure enough, I got, like, much better than I ever thought I would be. So you know i i do think you're on the money that this like this definitely can like make your life a lot a lot better yeah yeah i mean you can you can apply
1: these things and i know that for sure because i don't have those things mostly from chess i i took them from business books and and from you know self help or or whatever and and translated it to chess so i know that you can translate it from something else to chess so probably you can translate it from chess to something else as well So, yeah, I mean, it's fun to hear this guitar story. And for me, sometimes it's like I started playing tennis, for example, and I want to serve as hard as possible, right? I just don't have the technique. I played as a kid, but I never really had coaches. So I just play somehow. And for different strikes, you need to hold your racket differently. I, I do that wrong every time. So I try to serve and then a good guy comes to me and says, Man, you don't have the basics. You cannot just hit as hard as possible. I'm like, but it's funnier. He's like, yeah, but if you want to do these things right, you need to start from the basic, start slow, and then only improve time after time. And I'm like, hmm, wait a moment. That's exactly what I told my chess students. <laughs> <laughs> just like one to one. If you didn't know that it was not me speaking, I was like, wait. I tell this to people and I know it in some areas of my life, but then I forget it in others so yeah we need to be able to really transfer this and it works like. Everybody will tell you start with the basics don't do things too hard, as you said, don't go to the gym and do like you know 100 pounds, the first day, you will also injure yourself and it won't be fun. And so, yeah, it's just everywhere a little bit the same. But we have to transfer it. And learning the methods is better than just learning it in one separate study, and then going to the next one, and then oh, how do I do it here? Absolutely.
0: I mean, I, I and yeah, I, I think that's a it's, a it's a great lesson to take away. Like everything you do in chess, like just take that framework and apply, it, or vice versa. If you've if you've gotten really good at something. In a different field of life maybe really good scientists or like you're really good at at your job you work like as an accountant or lawyer or something well what did you do to get so good at that i'm sure you've had talent but you also have to you know i i don't believe in natural talent i think everything is kind of learned to some degree that's that's i mean i think some people have an easier time maybe but like i think anybody can become talented at something that's just something i believe i Mm -hmm. aside from the aside maybe it's controversial but uh, I think like what we call genius always has to do with stuff like pattern recognition. It's something a little bit deeper. Like anyway, that's not my my point. Is like you know I still think that basically to get really good at something you have to do the work. Even Magnus Carlson, he got to he he shot up to twenty six hundred and he stayed there for a little while and he's had to start working on on things. Like he's he is human after all, you know. So oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: I think everybody has some natural year, somewhere or this natural plateau, and then you need to start working in a structured way. Yes. Right. So this can depend where it is also depends, you know, how much time you are able to invest, how young you were when you started and all these things, but how you break through a plateau is very similar, um, independent of the skill where you're at at the moment if you have the first plateau at 1,000 rating or have the plateau at 1,500 or 2,200, whatever, the the methods used to break through a plateau are everywhere very similar, right? It's not that um, if you're more talented, as you said, then suddenly you don't need to put in the work anymore. It's certainly some people, they are so talented and they have so much time for chess and they become very good so early that they have they are professional they have enough money that they can just spend 14 hours on chess every day and they just think only chess every day so you as an adult improver trying to learn one hour you cannot replicate that but you can replicate some things of people that start to learn structured and I think that's why I can connect well with readers because I had all these plans I had the uh, traumatic brain injury that I was limited to some time and I needed to find a way to use this time best. And this is something that people on other levels can apply as well. Yeah.
0: And you know, even, it's funny to me, it seems like that natural, that highest natural plateau still seems to be somewhere around 2,600, which means every every single pro player, even your your favorite genius, whatever, they all at some point needed to put in a serious amount of work. Like, I, I can't think of one you know prodigy player who didn't level out somewhere in the twenty six hundreds. like they, they they you level out somewhere and then that's where that's where the greats get separated from the good you know like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard that's what they say that's something i heard many years ago and i've, I've just been like one of my life mantras like about just you know staying focused on 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 goals over everything don't don't like look at people and say oh he's better than me at this like i'll never be able to do it like hard work will always be talent you just have to work
1: yeah, I, I do agree with that. Again, guys, don't become, you know, uh, aged 45 with a family and now you're saying, oh man, David said, if I have hard. time to go, yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that, you know? Don't leave your family, your job, your whatever, and just go to a wooden cabin and work on chess 14 hours a day and then think that you'll beat Magnus next year. But <laughs> within some restraints, yes, if you work, um, you can improve. I think the most important thing is that you can just get a better version of yourself, right? Yeah, it sounds so cheeky and whatever, but it's what it is about in the end. Like don't compare yourself too much with others, but think how, how do I want to improve myself? Where do I want to go? And then it doesn't really matter like yes I I finished at 2588. Would it have mattered if I finished at 2625? No, again, my happiness would have been the exact same thing. So, um yeah, don't take these numbers that you just fix yourself on like if I don't Achieve FIDE Master, I will be a failure. No, if you had great fun, you improved yourself and you were 2230 and you enjoyed every single game of chess you played, you will be much happier than the guy that has 2350. But he was every time stressed out, oh my God, if I lose this game, I hate myself. And, you know, my parents don't love me anymore and I don't get money anymore and whatever. So it's really about enjoying the game and trying to improve, but not taking the numbers too seriously.
0: Yeah, you could look at uh, Gotham Chess when he said, I'm going to go get the Grandmaster title and every game was like anxiety ridden nightmare for him because, you know, he has literally a million people watching every game he plays and he's promised them that he's going to get this GM title and he stopped after a couple of months and I don't blame him. I mean, that's, I cannot imagine that, that position. Like, you know. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: I I actually would love, you know, I would love Levy getting back to it and doing it with fun at some point in his life I would just love to see that you know proving that I want to still try to do that but I'm not getting crushed by the results I understand it's very hard but I think there is a way for him to have the right mindset to say you know I just love the game I want to get better I want to challenge myself I tune down a little bit my content and even if I don't achieve it I'm fine with it I think that's the biggest point there right it is like I commit to it, so I need to do it. If not, everybody will see me as a failure. I think that's, you know, the story you tell yourself. Like if I even spend this amount of time, I need to be able to do it. But if he manages in some way to click and to say, hey, that's fun, it's a cool challenge. People will learn out of it. I will learn out of it. I will create content out of it. But even if it doesn't work, I give myself two to three years. Even if it doesn't work, it's completely fine. That would be so amazing in a way, right? Also as a lesson to other people, like I set myself this challenge and after three years, maybe he's twenty-four, fifty, and he says, hey, that was so amazing. I enjoyed my time. I don't have to be a GM. It's fine. Like something like that, I would find like the absolute perfect ending to the story, but I recognize it's very unlikely. It's just likely that yeah. he will never try it again.
0: <laughs> I think will <laughs> I actually, I believe he'll come back, but I think it will take, I think he's going to need to be way more like I imagine a world where he has like 5 million YouTube subscribers and he's the undisputed, you know, chess teacher of the internet. Then it doesn't matter if, you know, he has bad runs at first and he reaches 2200. Nobody's going to care really, except for the chess elitists. but that's not his audience anymore. Anyway, he he's, he's for the common man now, like that. Yeah. Even now, like I feel like it's even harder for me to watch his videos than before, just because I feel like it's less relatable for, for me than it used to be. Like maybe I've gotten better, but,
1: that's you mean not you're a... too strong for his for yeah, his right? Yeah. yeah, like huh.
0: like I think like you know, the way he explains certain concepts is it's not really super new to me. Like I mean it's not super fresh or exciting to me, which is not a to knock his content at all. I think the way that he, you know, the way he explains things, like he was on Lex Friedman's podcast and um and he he did these wired videos, and I thought the way he was like breaking down chess concepts and chess, you know, terms was very, very, very good for like a general public. Like he has a gift for that. But I think, like, one, you know, it, it does come down to, you know, hopefully, I hope he, he goes back to that goal, too, because I was really enjoying those games, just watching them and seeing him get those wins was, was very exhilarating. I was I was upset that he that he stopped, but I also completely understood, like, you know, he he, he, he I'm sure he's scared of a world where he reaches, he's become some 2100 IM, you know, and he's like, because he's burnt out from making YouTube videos and all this other stuff, and he doesn't feel like he could balance it. I'm sure that he wouldn't feel good about that, but. I don't think that matters. He, he probably makes more money than than every professional chess player like Sans Magnus. So, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
1: I, I don't think he has to worry about that, right? But yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it would be fun. And just saying, adding one thing to, to Levy, I, I really think that whenever commentary is fun for at least somebody, let's say 2,200 or higher, commentary is probably not good for 90% of people, right? Why is Chess.com having these huge events? And Levy and and sometimes even Hikaro to a certain extent because they can break it down easily. So I usually tell to my friends because also among my grandmaster friends there are some chess elitists. Obviously, I tell them if we like commentary, commentary is probably shit <laughs> because if the grandmaster enjoys it, nobody else will be able to enjoy it. Like how many grandmasters are there that are watching or not shit, but it's just not you know reaching too many people. If you break down Magnus's game and I say, wow, these were thoughts and I learned something, then probably most people they don't get like 1% of what is being said. So you need to be able to break down things drastically in order to reach a big audience. And Levy shows that, and that's why he has, I don't know, 2.5 million YouTube subscribers. I don't know. So I don't know, I don't know what's happening on YouTube at the moment, but but uh, I think a lot, yeah
0: yeah i mean i to to bring up basketball again i'm a big basketball fan and uh i had this realization recently you know i i watch this show it's called inside the nba i'm a very very big charles barkley fan he's like one of my favorite basketball players ever love shack all those guys and you watch them sometimes you think okay these guys are kind of stupid because like you know they're they're explaining things very simply and these are supposed to be like the greatest players of all time and like their analysis is super like paper thin or all that then I watched a video from a couple of years ago where they were explaining like how certain centers in the playoffs should be attacking the rim. And this is like super detailed deep dive into basketball mechanics that I'd never seen before on YouTube. Like never. And I, then you remember like, holy shit, like these are the greatest basketball players ever. Of course they can do this. But they're not doing that normally because nobody wants to watch that. People want to just hear yeah. about the drama and stuff like that. But obviously it's there. And I mean, I love the very detailed chess commentaries. I love it. I learned a lot. But uh, I understand completely that for ninety nine percent of people, that's not <laughs> that's not what you want. You want something entertaining. I just did commentary with my friend Lula Robs. and we're both like, you know, I'm about seventeen hundred feet day. She's like fifteen and thirty feet day, let's say. Okay, we're not your typical commentary crew, but we broke it down at our level. And I think we, we I think we had a lot of fun. It was nothing too deep. We talked more on general concepts why you should or shouldn't do certain things. Obviously, some moves just completely went over our heads when we're looking at GM games or whatever. But but you know, I think that's actually a, it's a successful recipe. Like, even if you watch basketball commentary, sometimes you'll have a commentator there who has never played professional basketball. But guess what? They're really good at their job. They break down the things simply.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's all about a, what is your goal of the commentary, right? Who who do you want to talk to? What is your target audience? Right? It's it just matters about that, and I I don't like people that. Uh, You know, just generally say you have this rating. That's why you shouldn't earn X from chess or something like that, right? Guys, just Levy isn't a professional chess player. He is a chess entertainer and chess teacher. That's two different things, completely different things. So his rating doesn't matter that much. I think Levy with his skills would be exactly as famous if he would be 2200. You know, obviously I am title helps a little bit, but for his videos, he doesn't need to be an I am. He needs to be able to break down the things and the Bota sisters would, you know, they don't have to be women grandmasters or whatever. They are strong chess players, but they are not the greatest female chess players ever, but they are just super entertaining. Yeah, That's what counts. And, And my fiance as well. So I think we need to get away from that. Oh my God! This guy has twenty six hundred, so he should earn more than a twenty five hundred player. I mean, if you even see, like, let's say, chessable, some chessable authors will earn much better than professional chess players. I'm sure about that. I don't know their numbers, but seeing what happens, seeing the evaluation, seeing all of the things, these courses sell pretty well. So, um, and some of these guys are like
0: FMs or not even title players, and they like make amazing courses
1: exactly so it's really other skills that come into play you have one of my favorite quotes
0: ever from the podcast i don't remember exactly how it goes i have to pull it up uh you you said something last year where it's like you know you you rather hang out with like adult improvers than with your fellow grandmasters because there's I mean, something about chess elitism. Mm. I, mm. I love that 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 to me was was super memorable so <laughs> we still have the similar sentiment a year later like you, you seem like you you really care about the you know, the common man, just trying to get a little bit better at chess. And uh, I admire
1: that. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's just right. That might be too cheeky for some people. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about helping other people. Right. And, and this just also so much more potential in a way to, to help all those now millions and, and even hundreds of millions of adult improvers, um, than some very specific, you know, chess professional. Now, I don't have anything against chess professionals, but as I felt it wasn't the right thing for me anymore, I also struggle to bring up the intensity, except for if it's, you know, sometimes in a year that it would need, let's say, if I were a second of somebody or a coach of a very strong player to to, to be able to put in everything to get better at chess, right? It's It's more about, you know, um, some methods it's about seeing the improvement but not seeing only the results not playing for you know these huge championships but more yeah for the feeling of somebody like oh I understand chess a little bit better I have less frustration because there are 10 million things that uh, try to get my attention and Noel showed me five that actually work and I don't need the the, the rest of it so yeah this is at the moment, what, what really you know also makes me makes me happy, makes me feel fulfilled, and uh, that's where I will continue in the future. And um, I guess the last
0: thing I'll say is, I actually I'm going to be in Switzerland in March. Uh, so wow, um, yeah, where I'll, are you? I will be in Basel and Zurich for like two days. Wow, uh, that's yeah. nice. I'm starting in Prague, and then yeah, I have like spring break, and I I'm visiting some friends. I'm, I'm mostly just couch hopping, trying to. I miss Europe. I miss my wooden chess boards in Europe a lot. Uh, that that you talk about experience. I mean, it it feels a lot better to play on a wooden chessboard. Like I, I will be the first to say this. Like you you feel like you feel like the cream of the crop. So yeah,
1: yeah. But my, you my... have to come to Bern, man. Bern is the best place in Switzerland.
0: <laughs> listen I'll, I'll try i would i would love to i mean i i've i want to see more switzerland i know there's like lucerne and, and geneva it's like all this beautiful stuff to see so i want to go see, i've never gone skiing i feel like i want to learn how to go skiing so i can ski in europe uh that would be fun but, that would be fun huh? yeah i but, have to
1: show my fiance still so <laughs>
0: but i will uh i'll i'll make it to burn we'll we'll get we'll get some uh some drinks and that's a uh, promise i'll make it to burn updated we'll put, that's, good. Yeah, that's sure. good that's good that's good but yeah, this was a pleasure. I'm 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 very happy we did this again. Uh thanks so much for coming on the show and thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. I'm trying to <laughs> stick to a more regular schedule now. It's been uh it's I mean, I don't know, it's it's been busy, but I'm I'm I have, have like a more normal schedule, life schedule now for the first time in what feels like a long time. So hopefully many
1: more podcast episodes coming. No commitment. We we are all listening. We are all
0: <laughs> Well, I, I I this I will I I'll commit to tactics. I won't commit to a normal normal schedule, but uh yeah i'm doing my best this is 2023 is the year i want to try out some new things in the chess world so i'm going to try to stream a little more trying to get a proper setup for youtube and stuff like that i want to like try new things that's like my goal maybe create some like you know chess apps and stuff like that like like i want, I want to like explore the, the everything that there is in the chess world all sides of it i want to just kind of learn more about the ins and outs because i, I think i know a lot now as like a outsider somebody who kind of looks at the game but i, I want to you know so I did commentary like the last two weekends and that was a lot of fun, you know, seeing the whole production side of like how how these streams work. And so, so I think it's good for me. I just I'm learning more about how 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 the professional world works, like even just, OK, I'll never understand the <laughs> the playing side of it. But who knows? I get pretty good at the other aspect. So so yeah, that's great. Looking forward to that. That's my commitment. That's my commitment. But no, uh, I don't know. Weekly schedule. We'll see. I'll do my best. Um but yeah until then uh, Noel I'm sure I'll have you on again you're always welcome on the podcast I, I really enjoy the conversations uh, and uh, I wish you all all the best with of success with uh with with the courses and uh with your blog I am I'm a I'm a dedicated reader I hope you know that and um yeah also I hope your health gets better and uh, congrats on your engagement once again you guys uh, should follow Noel on Twitter as Twitter's linked below I think it's just your name um and uh i also saw you said you don't follow anybody on twitter that's not true anymore you follow 14 people so i i, I do see that so congratulations um <laughs>
1: i did crank that up but might might uh might change my mind again <laughs> yeah
0: no, it's, it's, no it's, it's just playing and uh yeah seriously guys thanks for listening to the podcast i really appreciate you know every everybody for listening um if you like what you heard you're new to the show consider subscribing wherever you're listening right now. Um, and uh, thanks Chespel for sponsoring the, po- the the podcast. As always, you can click the link below. You can see some of my favorite Chespel courses. And uh, what else? Nothing else. So I'll see you guys next week. Take it easy.